Hello, welcome to the sixth episode of the Season Two Arts and W podcast. My name is Howard, and I am the Summer Music Coordinator this year with the Arts Council of New Westminster. In this episode, the socially distanced recording space in a gallery at Queens Park, New Westminster, on the unceded territories belonging to the Kaid First Nations, Joe McKenzie talked to Will Clements, an emerging jazz vocalist and arranger from New Westminster. I guess the the first thing I would ask is how has COVID affected your creativity? Hmm. I consider myself a really creative person. Generally, I really don't like sitting around not doing anything. I like to really challenge myself a lot. So I think trying to be creative alone was new for me because I love being around people. I love socializing with people and collaborating with people. So trying to find a way to collaborate um, in different ways online has been really interesting. And actually, I think I've learned a lot from doing that because I think I've learned how to collaborate with people in ways that I didn't think were necessarily possible. And I think that that was mostly due to the fact that everybody was available to experiment. Um, and willing to experiment and willing to try things. In terms of creativity, I think the medium has obviously changed, right? Since we're restricted to interacting online mostly. Yeah. But the it's still the same for me, at least. It's been the same conveyor belt of product of just trying to push out um, anything that came to my mind or anything that I was ambitious enough to do. If that makes sense, um, it was just a matter of changing the medium. So how are you collaborating with people now? So I love arranging. Arranging's really, really fun for me. I'm terrible at composing music. I'm trying, but I find it really challenging. I love seeing or experiencing something and then trying to put my own spin on it and trying to, to in a way, transform something. So I've been doing a lot of vocal arrangements over the course of the three months taking different jazz standards and even some Joni Mitchell material and writing out arrangements and sending those arrangements to various musicians I know and collaborating with them and getting them to send tracks over and building demos for these arrangements. And I was hoping sort of by the end of quarantine to have sort of um, a portfolio of arrangements that I could bring to different high schools and different music programs that I'm familiar with. And surprisingly, um, I've been able to already at this point work with some different high schools and different programs online to help them perform the arrangements and perform other online activities because, of course, a lot of um, music programs have had to also shift online in order to finish the year, the school year. Do you do a lot of work with schools? I, I love working with schools. I really find that I'm, I'm only 22, so I think I'm still a sixth grader, like in my mind. That can be a problem if you're in a, a chaperoning role or, you know, a, supervi- a supervising right. role. But I really love connecting with young people and really um, enjoy learning what kind of make, motivates them and trying to find ways to um, incorporate that when I'm working in workshops with students or teaching students. So, yeah, so I love to, to hang out and, and get to know what they're all about. Is it music teaching that you do with yeah, kids? Yeah, so um, I work right now mostly in vocal jazz programs, but I've also worked with some band programs as well. Mm. And uh, I just completed my degree uh, for jazz studies at CAP. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. So yeah, so that's been kind of an exciting milestone. And I'm going to be going to UBC next year to start um, the education program there. 
Oh, so you want to yeah. be a, a full-on like uh, system teacher? Yeah, <laughs> I would love to do that. My and my dad's actually both my parents actually were have been teachers. My dad still teaches. My mom is now a counselor. But um, I think we're a very very again social family. We love connecting with people and we love learning about people and getting to know people. So it kind of runs in our blood a little bit. Yeah. So how is arranging? so different from composing for you that's a great question and it's actually an argument i have with my partner all the time because he's a great composer and he kind of says you know if you can arrange you can compose right it's just a matter of kind of starting from a blank page and writing your own lyrics or, or writing your own melody but a lot of what i do in arranging is working with someone's composition and trying to transform it which the process can be very similar in that I might play with the melody and I might change the harmony and I might change the colors and even the the whole vibe of it to make it, in, in an essence, its own composition in a way. I just haven't figured out how to start from that with my own complete composition. I, I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I think you just touched on how they're different because a blank page is terrifying. Right. But you can still inspire yourself from a, you know, something else, another person's composition or, or something like, I don't know. I've gone through the whole like mantra, like meditation, like I've gone through everything, you know, to figure out why can't I compose. But I think it's getting there. We're getting there. I'm pushing myself, especially now with all this time to really find things that inspire me. I wrote a song about the sea bus the other day. My, my partner lives on a beautiful balcony. We can see the sea bus go by. And as a kid, I loved going on the sea bus. So I said, oh, let's try writing about that. Maybe I'll go somewhere. So that's kind of where I am. So you are, right you are writing. I'm that. trying. Nice. Really that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It, it, I mean, yeah, it is terrifying. It's terrifying for me too. Mm-hmm. writing anything, whether it's music or words. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so hard to get over that initial barrier of just your own critique going on in your head, right? And your voices in your head. I find it's really helpful if you ignore the voices for a little bit and just kind of roll around and pretend everything's okay. And if you keep going with it, something will stick eventually, right? I think a lot of people really set themselves up to fail because they're they're challenged by their own barriers, Right. That's kind of like our biggest struggle is just fighting our own perception of what our limit is. And, and I'm, I just said it today, like, I can't compose. It's not something I do. I prefer arranging. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Right. Like trying to get out of that mindset can really help. Well, I, I think a time, an unprecedented time like this has made people face their own limitations like that. Totally. Have, have you faced them in, in any other way aside from wanting to write wanting to arrange i'm trying to be a lot more present i was really bad at doing that before i was always thinking about what's next what's going on i was never really able to enjoy moments that i was doing and i think you know i think a lot of um college does that to you yeah because you have to stay on top of work all the time suddenly having zero things on the calendar and starting to forget there was even a calendar and just going you know day by day it really challenged me to take time to really go out with my family for walks and hikes and be cognizant that we won't always have a time like this where we can really connect with our lo- our close loved ones that uh, maybe we weren't really we were maybe taken for granted you know before so many things we were taking for granted before this time yeah i think that that's been something that i've challenged myself to do more give mom a break not 
you know, get too annoyed, you know, too often. I think I, I think I, I didn't do enough to really spend time with my family over the last few years since I went to college. So mm. I'm trying to reconnect. Is music playing music an active presence for you of being in the moment? It totally can be a, um, a time of very um, timeless experience, you know, if you're really into it. But on the same token, it's very easy to finish the gig. All right, 9.30, I'm heading home. Okay, I got to get ready for tomorrow's gig or whatever. And again, not be so appreciative of that moment that you, you share with your other musicians or your other collaborators on the bandstand or maybe you're thinking about what you're going to have for dinner and I know I'm looking at the clock how long how much longer do I have to be here for which is why we turned off all the clocks for this interview (laughs) brilliant I love that I appreciate that I think it's it's much easier to be in the present but it's also easy to be in that mindset of work can easily fall into a job and worrying about that job and worrying about what's next for the job rather than focusing on what matters and what why at least why I'm a musician and why I, I like to do what I like to do. And I think that quarantine has helped me think about that. I didn't think we were going to go that deep today. Wow, this is <laughs> some good uh, reflection. What about you? Have you have you found the same thing that you've been challenging yourself in other ways? Well, I I definitely hear what you're saying about I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, I, I got into music because it was a very present thing. It's being in the moment and doing this thing with people, and it often turns into a job. Just like you said, where I forget why I started doing the thing that I'm doing. And I feel like these last few months, I have really thought about presence myself. It's interesting that, that you bring that up. How to not be constantly thinking about work. It's a hard line to, to drop because I think sometimes we do need to put on a hat, especially if we're negotiating or if we're trying to set up a situation where we don't want, we want to set ourselves up to succeed. I mean, right now, just thinking about comparing it to a job for this week alone, this week that we're taping, I've been able to book a couple gigs this week for the first time since everything got shut down and I got super excited. I was like, woohoo, okay, we're getting back on the wheel here and we're going to get rolling. And then suddenly it's become this thing of, oh, it's going to, it might rain on Wednesday, so that might get canceled. And we don't know if we can postpone that. And, you know, oh, we can't provide you a cover, coverage or whatever, you know, yeah, you know, it just turns into that, right? It turns into like, okay, what do I, what's my limit here of this job that I'm going, do I take this job? Do I leave this job? What do I do? And it's suddenly not about music anymore. Mm. Right. It suddenly becomes a, nego- a negotiation and a, which is which is a shame. But at the same time, those both both those hats need to happen. Ideally, you know, you want to, again, set yourself up to succeed and decide maybe I need to turn this down because it's just not going to work for both of us. We're not going to both be happy as the client and the musician or or whatever the product mm. to make it work. So um, what kind of gigs are happening right now for at least from what I've been finding anything that's community based in a park? open based spaced out spaced out Mm. we have a gig planned at a seniors center or a retirement home where they're going to come out on their balconies and we'll be performing towards some of the balconies and then 30 minutes later we move to the other side of the building and then we perform to the other balconies that's a great idea so i think that's a fabulous idea as well i mean it totally depends on the region and depends on the venue of course but i've been really lucky to find what i consider really safe opportunities to play outside and at the same time, I think people are kind of eager to be connecting more now, right? This time has been a bit of a proving ground for how important music is, because a lot of music jobs 
did stop, but we also see a lot of people turning towards music right now. Absolutely. Yeah. We need it always. Mm -hmm. I was really inspired back in probably April when um, all those stories of Italians uh, yeah. singing on their balcony yep. came out. And in Vancouver as well, and in any city, a lot of people just wanted to sing and be loud. Yeah. And I did it a, a bit myself. I went out and played, you know, played yeah. some music. Even though you can't see anybody, it still feels like you're contributing to this community immediately. Totally. By being outside. And Even if you music. don't know people. Yeah. It depends also on the region because my partner lives in North Vancouver and it still sometimes gets noisy at seven to this day. Oh, with like applause? Yeah. And the foghorns of the ships will be going off and right. things. And certain other neighborhoods here in New West, for example, they're still, of course, incredibly supportive and active, but the 7 p.m. bang-lang hasn't, uh, hasn't continued, for example, right? So it's interesting how that's changed depending on what, what region, uh, even within the lower mainland. I've noticed it's died down a lot recently. Yeah. So you live in New West then, right? I live, um, my parents are in New West, and I kind of have all my equipment there for work right now still in my old little bedroom so i often go there during the day and then i'll sleep in north fan with my partner oh yeah i think a lot of people can also agree that sometimes having a different space to work it's really helped kind of get through getting out of the house at least for a couple hours a day i don't know i, I struggle really to if i wake up and i don't leave the house and go to sleep that night i, I find it just one day of that gets me really drained so I've been really fortunate to have kind of a different environment that I've been able to work in. Have my kind of workspace and my, my home space separate, mm. you know. Part of me hates asking this, but what do you draw <laughs> inspiration from? Well, you, you talk about being outside or just moving. Well, it's so weird how like I just said like the sea bus, but I was just watching it glide across the water. Of course, when you're really far, you don't hear anything. It's just quiet. You see this kind of thing just kind of floating across from one busy area to the next busy area. But in the middle, it's just all empty water. <laughs> Maybe it's something to do with the, my childhood of just sitting on the sea bus and watching the waves go by. And I don't know. That was kind of a weird but kind of really cool source of inspiration for me. Hmm. But usually when I'm arranging, typically... A lot of textures of Latin music really inspires me. I love, I lived for a year in South America when I was really, really young. Hmm. I just fell in love with the music of Brazil so, so much that a lot of percussion element or percussive elements of music really, really inspire me and get me really excited. Hmm. That's kind of more of a kind of an auditory thing that's really, really inspired me to create more. I'm also really inspired by collaborations. I find seeing the ways in which people are able to mix genres together and even mix their compositions together and their, their own flavors together to be just so incredibly amazing. And some of my favorite bands are ones that are able to do that and work and collaborate with different artists. As a singer, what do you use to arrange or compose? Depending on the context. So if I'm... Sometimes if it's on the gig and let's say it's just me and uh, a guitar player or, or um, even a bass player, for example, we can actually come up with something pretty quick on the fly just by playing with textures of the voice and looking at how that could be something that's more percussive or more melodic or more ambient, for example. And with very, very, very little actual technology, we can actually do a lot with just that. 
building an arrangement by let's say we're we're taking a, a very well-known jazz standard or something and we say okay let's do this as a bossa nova or a shuffle or or what have you or a country blues or you know so that's something that we can create on the fly without pen and paper very quickly at home, when I'm building vocal arrangements, I do it through music notation software. You were talking about Sibelius before? Yeah, Sibelius, which is um, notorious for being very, very finicky. And a lot of people, I mean, frankly, all the music notation software is just terrible because it's just, mm-hmm. how do you compose on a computer, right? Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. But it, d- d- does that really work for you? Or do you ever go to a keyboard to figure out, for instance, or a guitar? Or I combine both. I'm terrible at guitar. I don't understand guitar. My partner is the strings person. He plays bass and guitar. Oh. I'm the melody person. I play sax and voice. Okay. So we, you'd think we speak the same language through music, but we really don't. We really, we really hard. We used to collaborate when we were first dating, and then we actually broke up after a little while because it just got, <laughs> just got didn't work. So we don't, we don't play. The great divider. <laughs> what we do actually, we'll perform for each other constantly. We'll be, oh, wait, I need, can I play this for you? Tell me what you think. We do that all the time. Yeah. We give a lot of feedback to each other. Constructive feedback, trust me. It's not, <laughs> it's not dangerous. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll use the piano and I'll combine that with thinking of a groove. Usually I start with the groove. Usually I start with what kind of a cycle that I'm thinking about that will inspire the arrangement. Mm. Um, sometimes if I'm, if I'm doing an arrangement of a piece, I might just hear a fragment of the melody and I'd, I'd, I'll think, oh, that would be so cool to just take that and put that over this color, this whatever, or to even just take the melody and strip everything else from it. Or, you know, maybe the lyrics, whatever, whatever has you, you know, being painter and just keeping one layer of that painting, but changing the background or changing the layout or the medium is something I, I can do as well. So it really depends kind of on what context we're arranging in. You know, if it's a very, very, uh, like a big band chart or something, which I don't do very many of, but I took a course on it in, in college, that can be something a lot more theoretical, where we're really looking at, okay, how do we make a balanced chord and how do we look at making sure that it's filled and we have low end and high end and combining those elements together. Mm. So yeah, it depends. For me, not guitar. It just The guitar is not, we don't get along. I'm working on it, but it's, <laughs> it's not my thing. No offense, of course. I have incredible respect for guitarists. Oh know? yeah. It's, it's just not my thing. It's hard. It, it took me many years to just understand it. I, I was always blown away at how it seems like music is made for piano or a keyboard because mm. you can just press the white keys and it right. sounds great. And on guitar, it's like this big mess that takes years to figure out. Right. And you're combining percussion with chordal accompaniment and you're trying to coordinate both hands. Yeah. You know, different than piano, which is just, you know, kind of more, shall I say, horizontal, right? Sure. You know, <laughs> where where there's a lot more coordination going on with guitar. Yeah. Um, and I know you already had a guitar episode and I'm not a guitarist, so we probably, I don't have very much to say, but just to, to say, I respect so much that art, like you say, and it takes a long time for people to become familiar with it. Yeah. How was that process for you? What, what made you start with guitar when you originally started? What, what oh, inspired you? I was 12 and I liked ACDC. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's, that's all. My parents wouldn't buy me a drum kit. Oh, right. <laughs> I right. Think that was the main thing. Isn't it sad how our parents talk to us out of... My parents also talked to me out of um, playing percussion in concert band and flute. And I did both in high school. (laughs) Rock on. So, yeah. 
And what did you find kept you coming back to it? That's probably my question because I've given up so many times. On guitar? Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the thing that's brought me back to music again and again is thinking that I'm not good enough, which I know sounds self-defeating, but it's really true. It's seeing other people who understand, like years ago, understand how to, how to do a guitar solo. Right. And that led to this drive of like, I need to know and that would unlock something else. And I need to know this. I need to know this. It never ends. That's the problem with that. So do you use that as a motivator kind of to oh, constantly? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That that sounds healthy to me. That doesn't sound self-deprecating. Oh, good. You know, I think that um, some stressors in our lives, even things like anxiety, this is going to sound terrible, but even things like anxiety can be a motivator if oh, yeah. if you use that to not inspire yourself, but to, to use that drive and almost, again, funnel it into something and try to, to overcome that through something else, like you say, like by using that as being inspired to be to be better, but not necessarily but saying yeah. the other thing like, oh, I suck, like saying, like, no, right. I want to go there, right? Like that's yeah. where, you know, that's those are two very different things of describing the same yeah. situation. Which is probably what anxiety was designed for. Right. To inspire us to stop being anxious. Right. <laughs> How do you tell yourself that when you're saying um, that you want to to be better at whatever you're working on? How do you tell yourself that in a way that's progressive and not that doesn't turn into doesn't become consuming? Yeah. Well, I think I focus on what has gone right so far. Yeah. And something I tell my guitar students a lot when when students say, "I'll never get this. I can't get this," I say, "Think about what." A G chord was like when you first started. Totally. Now it's so easy. Yeah. But at one point, that was the world to you. This is just the new thing. Yeah. I wonder what it is that tells us to ignore that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've been told that so many times when I'm frustrated. You know, my of course, my mom comes in. Yeah. You know, I'm pissed off. I don't know why, because I can't figure this one thing out that I've been trying to work on for days or whatever. And then she'll say something exactly like that. Like, do you remember when you were in first year of college and you couldn't do that or whatever? And now you're not even thinking about that. I was just talking to Alvin earlier about when I came into college, I was not good at reading bass clef, you know, right. and now I don't even think about that, you know, don't even think about associating that to a struggle. But something about that, it's so easy to just go, yeah, whatever. I still suck or I still can't figure this thing out right now. I wonder what that is, because it's not anxiety, but it's like something that we just don't want to believe that we're improving, maybe, or we don't want to believe that we're we're getting better. I feel like that's the musician's dilemma. It's, it's like we tell ourselves we have to constantly practice more, 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 more. Right. You have to stop that at some point. Totally, totally. <laughs> well, speaking of Alvin and guitar, Alvin's here with us. Must Hello. Say Look at that. Wow. We just... You just sprung into action. Oh, thanks right for there. having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. So Ladies and gentlemen, Alvin, Brendan, all the way from Richmond, BC. So what song are you going to play for us today? If Alvin's okay with this, I would love to do But Not For Me by the wonderful Gershwin. This was a piece that we did on my album, which came out in September. Again, speaking about arrangement, I, I just love, every time we perform this, we do it differently, but I just love breaking it down and trying to find a new way of expressing the song through kind of deconstruction and re-putting it back together and just, you know, the beauty of live jazz performance. That's kind of what I love doing with Alvin is seeing where, where things go. Very nice. So this is from The Boy Next Door? That's correct, yeah. Nice. They're writing songs of love, but not for me. I lucky stars above, but not for me. 
With love to lead the way I found more clouds of grey Than any Russian play Could guarantee I was a fool To forget that way How alas And also like a day Although I can't dismiss The memory of this kiss I guess he's mine Podcast was recorded on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories belonging to the Kikite First Nation. 
Since 2015, the Music by the River Festival has taken place on Thursday evenings in Westminster Pier Park. However, due to COVID-19 pandemic and the need for social distancing, we are presenting this year's festival as a podcast series. The season two Arts and W podcast is produced by the Arts Council of New Westminster and brought to you by the Government of Canada, Province of BC, the BC Arts Council, and the City of New Westminster. The theme music for this season is composed by Benjamin Milman. To donate to this podcast and the Arts Council of New Westminster, go to acnw.ca/donate.